Hello and welcome to a new English edition of my podcast Helium Talk, das Kunstgespräch. My name is Jörg Heikhaus and my guest today is Jonathan Levine from the Jonathan Levine Gallery in New Jersey. Helium Talk. Yes, it's that time again. Are we on the record or off the record? This is, this is off the record. This is all off the record. So this is part eight of my ongoing conversation with Jonathan. I can keep the intro short because you probably know by now who we are and what we call these special shows off the record. And if not, there are seven more of these talks online, so please feel free to check out our past episodes. One to recommend? Helium Talk number 44. That one is really special. By the way, I want to give a shout out to Squadcast.fm, the guys who developed the platform over which I'm recording these remote chats with guests who can't come down to the studio in Hamburg. Nope, they're not paying me, they're just doing a great job, and that is all I wanted to say. Okay, well, there is something else I need to tell you today. Here we go. Trust me, I did not take this decision lightly. As much as I love doing this podcast, I decided to reduce my output a little. Instead of every week, from now on I will release a new show only every second week. It has just proven to be too time-consuming to publish one podcast every fucking Tuesday. I'm still doing everything by myself. The recordings, the post-production, the marketing and social media, the scheduling with my guests and so on. As most of you know, I make my living as an artist and with the projects and exhibitions at Helium Cowboy, the podcast is pure investment of my time and passion and money, of course. So until I find a good sponsor to outsource everything but the interviews, unfortunately, I can no longer go on a weekly basis here. Well, okay, it is not as dramatic as it sounds. Two shows per month are still good, I believe, and I really hope you do understand. As always, let me know what you think in the comments, as a message on Instagram, or by sending a mail to hello at heliumtalk.com. I appreciate you listening and being faithful to this podcast and for being understanding. But for now, have a great day, you all, and enjoy this episode of the Helium Talk special Off the Record with Jonathan Levine, Part 7. Helium Talk. Helium Talk. All right. <clears throat> Where were we? <laughs> My name's Passionate Amplifier, and you're Unassuming Skywalker. Unassuming Skywalker, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's the nicknames they, the people from Squadcast give us. Because we oh, didn't really? sign in with our names, we were too lazy to fill out the form. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. But, well... Passionate amplifier. Is that something that actually, you know, could describe you? Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. I don't even know what an unassuming Skywalker is. Well, like Luke Skywalker, you're an unassuming Skywalker. <laughs> All right. So there's one thing that I um that you've posted this week, and that is uh, a show reel for a TV show that you are planning. Well, so yeah, so what I posted a couple of days ago on my Facebook page mm -hmm. was a, what's called a sizzle reel. And so basically, um, and now typically you wouldn't talk about, I was, I've been working on a television show, so an idea for a television show. Mm -hmm. And typically, you know, you wouldn't talk about it, but um, you, you'd be out pitching it and blah, blah, blah. But we, we kind of did that. And so... I made it live. I hope I'm making sense here. So I, I, let me start from the beginning. I had this idea about doing this television show, um, just kind of like based on my experiences and such. And you know, I've been sort of thinking about it a lot, I guess, because I mean, it just seemed like it would be really fun to do a TV show, right? And I've been thinking about this for a few years. I just had kind of an idea. My idea was just like, you know, like I was thinking about this for 10 years or maybe even more. My idea was just kind of like, hey, it'd be kind of cool to be able to share my experiences that I have when I travel in the arts, you know, because I have these really cool experiences all the time, meet all these really cool people, and I sort of have this insider's look. And so, you know, and I, I like the idea of being on camera and that sort of thing. Um, and I just thought, I also thought, well, this would be a really cool way. Ultimately, it just seemed like it would be really fun. And also, it was kind of like there wasn't any programming out there about... Um, you know, there's not a lot of cool art programming, and I wanted to make something that was accessible. So my idea was to have this kind of cross between this show with Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, 
and this other show, American Pickers, which is a show where these two guys go around. They have like a sec, uh, a store where they sell like motorcycle motorcycle parts and like you know vintage stuff like car you know automobile signs and tin toys and they basically travel all over the country and sometimes internationally and they go to these people who collect this stuff and they buy it off of them and then they resell it mm-hmm. and it's just like super accessible that like any average person could just like watch and like and the guys are like these kind of working class guys that are just really relatable and it's a really interesting show because um they'll tell you the the history of like whatever it is they're like they're they're called pickers because they're picking through like you know uh, collections and such but you know like maybe like uh, mike the one of the main guys he's really into like motorcycle stuff like harley stuff you know and really early motorcycle stuff like you know 40s 50s and they'll be like this was the tank that was on this particular bike and they'll give you the whole history of that particular model or they'll go and buy a car and they'll talk about the history of that car or it'll be something like they'll file like a cookie jar and it'll be like a McCoy which is a company and they'll talk about mm-hmm. the history of this company so it's like their name of their company their, their store is called Antique Archaeology so they're almost like these archaeologists of like pop culture stuff mm-hmm. but like older stuff anyway I love that show and I like it because it's really interesting and it's really accessible and they're just like regular guys and it's funny. And so I was like, you know, I'd like to do a show like this where I um, share my experiences in the same way, where basically the idea was to, we kind of developed the idea. And what we came up with was for, I would go visit an artist. We'd learn about who they were, what their backstory was. Cause most artists are actually very interesting. Um, they have really interesting stories, you know, what their artwork is about, what sort of, you know, influences them and just like what their daily life is like, you know, what they do every day. Some of them, like, depending where they live, like maybe they just go down to the local coffee shop and they have a coffee and they like know the barista and they have a chat or they like, they take them to like their favorite local taco place, you know, or Whatever it is, wherever they live, if it was you, you might be like, I'm going to take you to my favorite place on the street where we can get a steak and french fries. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of something I've eaten in Germany on the street, steak and fries. <laughs> that's not something you would eat here. That's um, no, very French. Very, steak, it's very steak French. It's, it's French, yeah. Yeah, you know, I remember eating that in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. And I ate it on the street. And I was like, God, this is so good. I ate it a whole bunch of times. But, uh, or, you know, we'd be, I'd be like, York, where are we going? You're like, take me to find your favorite schnitzel. <laughs> you know, it's not like you eat schnitzel here. So it's, you know, and the, you know, so, you know, so that was the idea. And like, um, <coughs> I found these guys who have a small production company. We developed the idea. We developed a pitch, which is like the written version of like a whole bunch of different episodes that we thought mm-hmm. would be interesting. And then we decided we were going to, so we had to shoot one. We had to shoot a whole episode. So this is how oftentimes when they're making non-scripted television or scripted television, they'll come up with a pitch. They'll be like, this is what our show is going to be about. And here are some sample episodes. And then they shoot a sizzle reel. So basically what they'll do is, but not always like this, but we went in and we shot a whole episode, but then we just take, we make a three or two minute version, a two minute kind of commercial of that show, almost like it exists. And we talk about that episode and you send that out to networks, etc., to get them to pick it up. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. And the first episode we shot was with Shag. And what we did was, and it was interesting because um, I had never shot a television show. I'd been on camera a few times, you know, here and there, you know, re- in a very like in my office where somebody was shooting me for a film or for some webcast or or something like that you know and i know i'm bouncing around a little bit here trying to talk about this so hopefully it makes sense to the listeners what i'm saying um so the first episode we shot with shag and so i flew out to los angeles and i was there my the name of the company i, I work with was um 
called a standard films. It's this guy, Mike Hatchett, who is pretty well known in the snowboarding scene in the nineties. He used to like, be like the most well-known, like snowboarding, like filmmaker. Mm -hmm. He's kind of legendary. And then this other guy who's part of the team, who was a writer, is named Steve Barlotti. And he's a super cool dude. They're both from like San Diego. Steve Barlotti's like this very well-known writer in the surfing world. And he used to be the editor of surf magazine and, he works on a variety of projects, really great dude. And uh, so they helped me develop this whole concept. So I flew out there and basically shooting this episode took at least three days. And that's not very much actually, but we spent three days shooting with Shag. And uh, first we, and, and the team was, there was uh, two cameramans cameraman a sound guy a lighting guy so like a big production already right it was like six or seven people mm -hmm. you know small you know um and you know these days were really long you're up at six o'clock in the morning you're shooting at hopefully they're getting you're, you're shooting at eight and then you're going to like six seven eight o'clock at night and you got to pack up and then you're eating and you're falling asleep and you do it again it's it's, it's quite exhausting actually mm -hmm. um and you know, you have to kind of, the idea was for my personality to some extent carry the show, my relationships with these people to kind of carry the show. That was the hope. So we go out to visit Shag, who's my good friend. He lives in this amazing house in Southern California that's um, a mid-century, um, an amazing mid-century modern home. And he's got all this amazing like mid-century furniture and this great tiki gar collection. And it looks like his house. Mm -hmm. His house, I mean, it's his, I'm sorry, it looks like his paintings. His house yeah. looks like his paintings, you know. He like lives, the life that you see in his paintings is actually the life he's kind of living. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we went and visited him. We talked about his life. And he's a really, he's an interesting guy because he grew up in Hawaii until he was like 10. And he's like one of eight siblings he has an identical twin brother, and his family, they grew up Mormon. Mm -hmm. So we kind of talked about that. You know, we talked about, you know, how he became a painter, how he loved all things like, you know, the things he loved in his painting, which is like mid-century modern design, architecture, tiki culture, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about how he made the work. And then we walked through his house, and we talked about his collection. He has this great collection of art and tiki mugs and things like that and um we talked about how he we had the show coming up because i've done like five or six solo shows with him you know i've known him for i don't know over 15 years i don't even know how long i've known him like 20 years i should say yeah he's pretty present on your on your website too I mean, yeah and, the shows. and you know and so uh he was getting ready for this show and he had been away. He'd been, flew out to England for like 24 hours and he came back and he was painting and he passed out and fell through a plate glass window in his living room and cut his jugular vein. And he almost died. Mm -hmm. And he shows up like, you know, at the, you know, at the opening, he's okay. He recovers. He finishes the show and he's got like this Frankenstein, you know, like mm -hmm. stitches across his neck. It's pretty gruesome. So we kind of talked about that. And then, um, so that was like the, the first day. And then the second day we flew down. I mean, sorry, we didn't fly down. We drove down to uh, Palm Springs, which is like an hour and a half, mm -hmm. two hours from Los Angeles. Yeah. And Palm Springs is like this famous, um, in the, back in the 50s and 60s, all those Hollywood stars used to hang out there. And it's filled it's with desert. all this. Yeah, it's in the desert. And it's filled with all these um, mid-century modern homes it's famous for. And the sort of the mid-century modern, a lot of designers live there. Um so he's like the official artist of that town. Like you drive in and there's like all these banners that have shag stuff on it. He's got two stores, one there in Palm Springs and one in um, Los Angeles on Melrose. And then he also has this condo there that he totally did up in his own customized stuff. It's like the most amazing like condo with all his cool design and cool furniture. And it's really amazing. So we go down there and we spend... We, we go to his favorite tiki bar and we have drinks and we talk about tiki culture. Then we visit his store and we look at stuff there. Um, then we drove around and we looked at like this really famous building that Elvis had his honeymoon in. Um, and we visited his condo, blah, blah, blah. That was the second day. And then the third day 
we went stand-up paddleboarding because he loves to paddleboard. Mm-hmm. And he used to do this all the time, like once a week with Greg Escalante, uh, who was this very influential, you know, gallerist in, in L.A. who unfortunately um, is, has passed. He's deceased now. But I was lucky enough to go out, go stand-up paddleboarding with both of them. They, they taught me how to do it. So we went out in the bay uh, in Southern California, and we went up stand-up paddleboarding. And then the last thing we did was we went, and uh, he had made the artwork for this uh, event that happens every year. It's like this... Um, birthday party for i think it was joey ramon one of the ramones Mm -hmm. and his wife is widowed throws this party for him like you know like they show movies in this it's in the cemetery it's called the forever hollywood cemetery and like you know hundreds of thousands like a thousand people might even show up and they have food carts there and like they're showing movies and bands play and blah 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 and uh so it's kind of this fun thing so our episode was like all of this stuff to sort of show what this particular artist's life was. Somebody else, it could be completely different. And so people get a feel for who Shag is. And, you know, the idea was just to make it a show that was accessible and mm-hmm. interesting to the general public. But it was also informative. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we shot this episode. We made a sizzle reel. We shopped it around. And we didn't get picked up. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is a great idea, great idea. But like we thought, this is a, a no-brainer. This is such a great idea. Mm-hmm. Not to say other people don't have this idea. Um, but, you know, we did it. We put it together. But do you, but you think that this got something to do because it's, you know, sort of art is difficult to sell um, as, a, as a theme? You might, I mean, uh, it's... You I know, mean, what if, we if, found... Yeah, no, go ahead. No, no, not actually. You know, people, well, from what I understand, you know, based on our experiences with this, which was a really interesting and illuminating, um, there's a whole bunch of reasons. Like, uh, and since I've posted this, I now have people, we're talking to people again. And that's mm-hmm. why I posted it. And we made this over two years ago. Yeah. So it's funny because you see me in that video and I'm like 60 pounds heavier than I am now because I lost all this weight, right? So I was like, well, we're going to have to reshoot that episode again. Because um, <laughs> I'm like way skinnier. It would be weird to have this one episode and then all suddenly there's a skinny version of me. What the, what happened? Um, but uh, what we found, you know, we heard a lot of things. It was like you had to be right with the right production company. You had to have the right agent. Mm-hmm. Or there wasn't enough conflict. You know, All sorts of, they're always looking for conflict in these um, reality TV shows or non-scripted television, as they call it. So, you know, we, you know, and and I was with a small production company and they they didn't really, he he hadn't, he had worked on a lot of shows. He has a show that he shoots, but he hadn't necessarily shopped a show around. So, you know, I kind of like was got... Once we shopped around a while, nothing was really happening. I sort of like got focused on other things. And I kind of forgot about it, which is crazy because, you know, I put so much time and energy into it. And then recently I thought to myself, we should repost this and put this out there so people mm-hmm. see what we worked on and maybe someone will be interested in it. So we now have people that we're talking to again about maybe. I think all these things are, 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 are pretty pretty important to do these days. You know, I mean, it's the same with the podcast. It's the same with uh, trying to find different media to to promote art, basically again in a way. I mean, when you talk to Shaq, I mean, of course he's he's well known. He's also you know sort of um, very successful. You know, um, but uh, I think it's getting more and more important to to actually have like a format of an hour or so where you actually are able to to explain a little bit more in depth because you know we both talk about the about oversaturation and everything goes bam 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 you know sort of like you're basically shot at with information in single images right. all the time but you don't look right. behind it so so media like that you know sort of should become more important producing it on on your own and then selling is that an option no it's too expensive right yeah i mean it's just a matter of really like hustling it so let's yeah. i'm back to hustling it again and uh 
finding somebody who really believes in it, sees it. Now, the, the, the thing of it, the thing is, a lot of television comp, you know, networks, they know what works. They'll be mm -hmm. like, well, this doesn't work, that doesn't work. You just have to find somebody who they believe in the idea, they believe in you, they see me as a good host. Mm -hmm. If you don't see me as a good host, I was pitching myself in a very particular way instead of like having this like, my whole thing was like, I'm this accessible, accessible person that I'm, hopefully I'm relatable to. I'm not like some snooty fine art guy. And I'm working with artists that the work is accessible. Now, you know, once you get people involved, you can sort of really start to drill down and dig in and get into deeper things. You know, we could visit collectors. We could go behind the scenes of the art world. We could do all sorts of things. But at, at the end of the day, I think people are, what makes something, what make, make it has to be entertaining for people. And it's got to be a good story. And so that's what they're looking for, I think. And again, you know, I'm not... Uh, an expert in this. It certainly was a, an interesting experience and I'm glad I did it so I can always, back. I wouldn't be like, well, I never tried that. I always had this great idea. I was going to do this thing and I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, it occurred to me that if I had done it, it became successful, it would open up a whole bunch of other doors for me. And the, it was at the end of the day, it was exactly, it was a move forward in what I was always trying to do, which was share art and make it accessible to people mm -hmm. because it's such a, it's not a priority on people's life. People would rather like, see celebrities big homes or well, whatever you know i mean there's certain shows that like i there's so much reality television that most of it i just don't pay attention to it doesn't interest me i think it's garbage um yeah, a lot of it is <laughs> you know but then there's some stuff that's really interesting and then there's some stuff out there that's just a little bit too serious mm -hmm. and i'm just like yeah that's not the kind of show i want to make because that's not who i am i wanted to have something that was fun and funny well, it looked fun. You know. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, the, ultimately maybe it would make, it would get people engaged in in art more. I mean, I've seen mm -hmm. that. I was having a conversation yesterday, actually, with a woman in Jersey City who, is, she's the head of the Jersey City Arts Council. Her name's Heather Warfel, and she's a dancer. And uh, she teaches dance at mm -hmm. a, a county art school, mm -hmm. Hudson. This is for Hudson County, I think. And uh, I was, we were just talking about dance because dance has become way more popular to the general public than it was like 10, 15 years ago. There's all these, so you think you can dance shows and things like that. Like street dance has become immensely popular. Um, and it's because of these shows, which is kind of cool, I think. Um, they've just made it really accessible. Whereas, Back in the day, you know, when we were growing up, dance was like jazz dance or ballet or modern or something that like people couldn't relate to. But the average public can now really relate to dance as a whole, b-boying, you know, break dancing. So that's kind of cool. Uh, so, I mean, I, I just think, you know, there's a market for it. It's interesting. So that was kind of, you know, that was that was the idea behind this. I, you know, and I just saw a lot of opportunities in it to collaborate. I love to collaborate with people. Yeah. And, and I, it was, you know, it would have been really cool to share these experiences, you know, that I have, like, for example, you know, I remember this one crazy experience. I mean, I've had so many wonderful experiences just from like coming out and say, visiting you. And then we meet up with a bunch of people and we go and we have schnitzel. Yeah. I think we ate schnitzel. Because I asked to have schnitzel. We well, the schnitzel. first time we met, we went to Erika's Egg, and there's definitely a good option that we had the schnitzel there because it's good. <laughs> yeah, we were like in this place, and it was like we were having, I'm um, having this German experience with these great, and we went around and looked at art and met people, mm -hmm. and it was it yeah. was just cool. And um, but I was just thinking like how I f I flew down to Mexico, and I before I, I did this show with this artist Jason DeCaris Taylor, and he was creating these sculptures that he was putting underwater and creating these underwater sculpture parks. And he had this one in Cancun mm -hmm. and it became a tourist destination. Like people would come down to dive and see, they'd go and they'd dive and see these underwater sculptures. So I go down, I stay with him in the, I, I go down and I actually stayed at one of those all-inclusive fancy places. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it was like the bet, that's what they had down there, you know? Yeah. And he would like pick me up in this rickety truck and, uh, you know, he picked me up and it'd be like the people there would see this guy drive up in this rickety like truck and pick me up at this fancy hotel. It was really funny. And he takes me out to um, 
takes me to this diving school and I learn, I take two, a two hour scuba diving class and they throw me in the ocean. I go scuba guy, scuba diving. I've never gone scuba diving before. Okay. And I s- learn how to scuba dive and I see this underwater sculpture park. I mean, that's kind of cool, mm-hmm. you know, to share that with people, to have people see that. Like, yeah. um, you know, we did ate great local Mexican food and like met other artists and talked about his process and how he casted people because he would cast actual people. That's what he was doing. And just like talk about that sculpture park, you know, like that was our, our, our episode. I just thought, well, that would be really interesting for people to see because it's just so crazy. Like this guy made a sculpture park underwater. Um, so, you know, that was kind of the, the idea behind the whole thing. Yeah. It's, I think sharing these stories and sharing sort of these moments with these artists and being able to go a little bit more in depth, um, that's because you told me quite a while, I think when you were producing that, you know, a few years back when you were producing the, 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 um, the first episode, you were yeah. talking uh, to me that that's kind of a concept that you're trying to, to, to venture on. Um, and so when I saw this, what was it? The sizzle reel? Yeah, sizzle yeah. reel. S-I-Z-Z-L-E is what they call it. Yeah. It's like a commercial, basically. yeah. yeah. That was that was that was that was pretty good, and it's uh, you know super professionally produced. So I was kind of um, interested to know how you can actually get this uh, to for the public to see. I mean, there's so many things that we do that nobody ever, no one ever sees. You know, is going to see. And well, uh, you know, and I think that there are a lot of stories that you know. So the, the two of us, you know, of course, can tell. But I mean, there's no better form than than, than visual image than a, than a film. You know. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, you know, we were exploring all those options and, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, uh, from what I understand, every, people are making, you know, there's thousands of people pitching television sure. for, you know, be it for the internet or for mm-hmm. streaming television like Netflix, Amazon, yeah. et cetera, or for HBO or cable channels. So like people, they're get they get, they get inundated with, Material. I'm there's also a lot of guy. platforms for content now. I mean, there's like tons of more platforms for content now through Netflix and all these channels, of course. Yeah, it, you know, that's right. But still, they're getting ton. They they're getting so much, and um, you know, at the end of the day, it's got to bring in viewers. It's got to mm-hmm. sell. You know, yeah. like they because it costs a lot of money to do that. Like, oh, why don't you produce it yourself? Well, sure. you know, I think on the low end to produce one of these episodes where nobody's really even getting paid. Mm-hmm. It's like 20 grand with nobody getting paid at yeah. least. Yeah. And like, you know, if you're going to do a full season, you know, mm-hmm. got to make a little bit of money because it's really time to say you were going to do eight, eight episodes. Mm-hmm. That is going to take at least one week episode. That's eight weeks of my life yeah. at least. Yeah. And that doesn't count for like going back in the studio and doing voiceovers and mm-hmm. And, you know, on, on uh, the end of the, the, the editing is like really, I don't know how many, you know, weeks it takes for someone to edit a video. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's actually like, and I could be off about this. It's just basically from what I understand, it could probably take longer than that. I'm being like very like conservative. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you do eight episodes, it's like at least two months or more mm-hmm. out of your life. You think about travel you know, add a couple extra days every time you're like three months, one a quarter of your year. Yeah. So, well, and you know, got to pay off in some way. You know, those people who are doing like big longer seasons, just think about how much of that time take up half their year. But I believe that a lot of the things that we're producing these days are not, you know, so you will not be able to make money with it. I mean, look at this podcast, you know, the, when, when there's a point when I, you know, at some point somebody wants to, place advertisement on on a podcast like this i have to have thousands of of listeners and i have good numbers i'm pretty happy i'm still amazed how many people actually listen to this especially because i'm switching between german and english and of course the germans probably most of them can listen to both episodes but that's that's it you know right Uh, and um a lot of people always waiting for english episodes but it's i'm basically just I will, I will probably never see any money for this what I'm doing, but I, I think it's very important to to do this, you know, and and to to get the, well, I, uh, 
get get the word out about about these things about artists about projects i mean this project with the film that's why I'm, that's why i actually you know so sort of told you when i saw the, the show we have to talk about this because i think it's something that 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 uh, the, the only way to push these things is when you when you when you tell people you know and maybe there's a lot of people now that say okay i I'm going to look at this as the real art. Maybe I've seen it, and uh, and I want want that want to see it. I mean, the thing is, you have so many interesting artists, but that you can actually meet. And when you look at somebody like Shag, and you look at his house, which you see in this in this in this real, you know, so like you know, so tiny portion of it, it's like you want to see more. Uh, you want to see and understand how um, when you're a young young person and you start to 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 enter a career in arts how you know sort of do you get to a point where you actually live your art you know that's probably what would you know shag pretty well you know what does that look like because yeah. everyone would be different you know i you go to a studio i was thinking i was i was at the studio that and i was in texas recently i did this show with win wallace and mm -hmm. um you know he's got this house in, in in austin out in you know the suburbs and he works out of his Uh, he's his like barn in his backyard, you know, and it's not it's not glamorous, you know, and people are like, oh, well, this, you know, you just see how everyone does things different. Like, you know, maybe you find out like, you know, this he is a working artist, but he doesn't make all his living off art. He also bartends. So it's like, well, this is what this guy does. But he also mm -hmm. plays in all these bands. And he knows all these interesting people. And, you know, so. Like when I visited him, we had I had such a stimulating time because like we, you know, I was exploring a new town and and it, and it had its own you know unique. You go to Austin, it's all about barbecue, and I like went to like an old honky tonk like out in the middle of nowhere. There's barely anyone there, but they're playing country music all night, you know. And I'm just sitting there drinking whiskey. It was great, and uh, you know, it's you get that local flavor, and you see through this artist, this creative person's eyes, which to me is really stimulating. I was fortunate in my life to have traveled all over the world and all my experiences with all these creative people and they were such, a, it was such an enriching experience every time. Totally, yeah. Um, so, you know, for people to see that and go like, oh, here's one way I can do it. Oh, I can do it this way. I mean, Shag is like, he he's like on steroids, like with his whole life, the fact he's so successful, yeah. he does really well, he, you know, He's well-known. He makes good money. He's got this wonderful life. You know, then you find out he's got married. He's got kids. His kids are like, whatever, dad. You know, you see like that. That's kind of funny to share that. Like if you were to go to like Ron English's house, right, which is wacky. It's up in um, it's in, uh, in upstate New York. And I can't think of the name of the town. And, you know, I've known him for 25 years and I – watched his kids grow up and the relationship between him his kids and him is hilarious mm -hmm. and because people have this idea about these artists and their kids are always like whatever dad you know like or his wife and that whole you know relationship and it's like so funny to see those things and share those things and like i mean i used to go over their house all the time when i was young and tarsa his wife you she would like their whole family situation was they always sit together and have dinner mm -hmm. And, like, she'd always cook dinner, like, real American style. Like, you know, we'd be eating, like, you know, string beans, mashed potatoes, and a piece of chicken, you know? <laughs> and, you know, this is Ron English, this really famous artist, but his his family's, like, f foremost. Like, I was over his house recently, and it was, like, who was – I think both his parent, his mother was there, and Tarsa's mother was there. And we were hanging out with the kids who are now, like – I don't know, 22 and like 19 and like we're all sitting around and like that's always been that way with those guys. And like it's like not about Ron English being this famous guy and he's got all these crazy like toys and shit all over the place. It's just about like this family dynamic. And I've literally known his whole family for 25 years, his, his parents, his sister. So like I show up, I don't see him as much as I used to. I used to see him a lot when they used to live down here and I would just show up in their studio when they were downtown or their house in Jersey city and Tarsus like, you haven't, you kept staying over for dinner. I'm like, yeah. And we just sit around. We're just friends. And, um, but that's the, I that's love the, that. That's the interesting aspect. That's why so many people would like to see, you know, have an insight into how, how's this artist studio look like, you know, how, how are people, I mean, where, where, I mean, where does the inspiration come from? And I mean, I actually have a, I have a talk in, 
end of September here in Hamburg with an organization that's called uh, Creative Mornings. It's like early morning, 8.30 or so. You speak in front of people. And, and I've been invited to speak about uh, Amuse, inspiration and stuff like that. And I think that is, a, that, is, that is something that, you know, sort of you can find in these, in these, you know, sort of simple things, which are not simple things. Having dinner with your family every day, that's, uh, that's also a, a kind of, a, it's, you know, sort of not just routine, it's also discipline. We're trying to do that as well. You know, I mean, of course, Melvin is, well, uh, is out of the house more or less, but the little one is there and trying to find these moments where you sit together. And when my parents, for example... I mean, they live in Cologne and I live in Hamburg. But when they're in Hamburg, they always try to come to Hamburg when we have an opening because they like to be at the openings at the gallery. Uh-huh. And they, if My you look parents. through, yeah, if you look through the last past 17, 18 years of Helium Cowboy and the photo album, they're, you know, sort of every year, at least one or two openings, they're there. And, um, and they've just been to an opening two, two, two three weeks ago. Um, and it's something where people, you know, so there's a connection to, it's not just me running a gallery and, you know, sort of, and, uh, and, and, and being distant or whatever. The family's there. My wife does the bar, you know, the little one is now entertaining other kids outside in the backyard, playing with them. Um, and so when it comes to, to, to this whole thing, inspiration and what's behind it, people can start to understand so much better. And w these days we're all trying to post beautiful pictures of what we're doing or of our work process, but it's just an image, right. you know? And, and, uh, and, and nobody actually reads text anymore. So like the, the medium like that we're using now, talking on a podcast or having like a film, being able to, to give people a chance to look into that. And whatever that is, like it's perfect. It's the perfect description. It's same what, you know, sort of, I mean, Melvin is in my business now, at least for some time. And, you know, sort of, but it's, it's always still, you know, still whatever. <laughs> well, so that, you know, I, and you know, again, my, just like you, my family would come out, but you made me just think about like, I, I love families, you know, it's yeah. hilarious to me. There's some artists I work with, they're like single and they work and that's the whole single artist mm -hmm. person who's run around sure. partying, whatever. Of course. But then there's some that have families. And, and I was just thinking about, we're sitting around at Ron's table and I, made, I drove up to his house and he's got this giant house. It's in Beacon. And, um, I noticed that when I got there that there was like, was it a snowblower? It was some, pretty sure it was a snowblower. And it was sitting outside and it was raining. And I was like, what the hell? It was brand new. And <laughs> they were like, because I have the same damn snowblower, right? And I was like, what's up with the snowblower? And Tars is like, we're trying to like get our son. Now their kids' names are, are Mars and... Zephyr, right? Mm -hmm. So this is Mars. So I've known I've known these kids since they were born. You know, I knew them before they were born. You know, and he's like saying, "Hey, we're trying to get Mars to like take care, learn, learn, take care of the property better, and blah blah blah." So what's out there? I'm like Mars. I'm just like busting his balls. I was like, "That's a perfectly good snowblower, whatever." I don't know. I think it was a snowblower, not a generator. And I was like, "What are you doing? You got to go out and you got to cover that." You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> was this, and I was just like busting his balls, you know, but it was really funny though. And he's a really smart, smart kid, but it was just like these funny experiences that, so, and the thing about Ron is he is completely engaged in his family, mm -hmm. but, and he's traveling constantly and he hustles, but he's got the, the thing I was going to get back to is such a hardcore work ethic and mm -hmm. all of these people. Yeah. Do they have their families like Shag's very involved in his family life, you know? I remember him coming. He was in New York. He came out. To, he was came out to an opening. Mm -hmm. He had an opening, and um, a good friend of mine is a celebrity chef. Her name is Amanda Freitag, and I knew her before she was a celebrity chef. It was just it's a fluke, you know. And so she would come out to the openings a lot, and they were super foodies, and they freaked out about Amanda Freitag. And at the time, his daughter was like twelve, and she was like they were really into foodie food and they would just like talk about all the food networks and everything but it's just so funny because everyone's like shag you know he's a superstar but yet they're geeking out on amanda Freitag, sure. who's like this food star you know so it was like and it was really sweet to see this interaction and see his daughter and just like it, it you're always dealing with these artists in this sort of like um you're promoting them like in the, as these like visual art, you know, they're, they're these mm -hmm. icons, these kind of famous untouchable people, but then you're hanging out with them and their families and it's not like that at all. And their kids mm -hmm. 
always take them down like five levels. It's hilarious. You know, it's like, <laughs> as I enjoy your relationship with your son, you know, like mm-hmm. you guys have a beautiful relationship and I really enjoy that, you know, and, um, I've spent time with, you know, you guys together, not enough, but, um, so yeah, that's a cool thing. It's a cool thing to share with people. I think that's mm-hmm. all. Actually, Melvin's podcast. I mean, I recorded a quick session with him and Jens when before with the week when on Monday, the week we started to install Jens' exhibition. Um, <clears throat> they came at around eleven o'clock to the gallery. I set up my podcast equipment for three recording places, and then when they came, it's okay. Now, guys, let's sit down. Let's talk about what's happening this week, so people get an idea. You know what? How how's it like to set up a, a, a show, an exhibition, and what are your expectations, and what do you like about doing these things? And it's just like half an hour, thirty-five minutes talk. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually one of the most successful uh, episodes that I've done so far. Which, I bet. You know, which, of course, has something to do with the fact that, you know, my, my podcast was promoted on iTunes heavily in Germany recently. But um, but still, you know, so it's like it's uh, – these kids – they when they when you give them the opportunity to 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 develop them themselves they 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 do great things and and uh and melvin for example has a great voice on the podcast he wasn't expecting this you know he was like oh wow nobody wants to hear me talk and my voice is probably quite off you know but it's good you know so they chip off the old block just like his dad yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's a good guy wherever you know sort of his paths will lead him you know Right yeah. now, I think he just wants to travel, go back to traveling. After half a year traveling with his girlfriend around the world, I think the first thing you want to do, you come back, you want to pack your suitcase again and <laughs> hop on the next flight out. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially when you're young. So. Yeah, sure. Sure, yeah, of course. But I mean, well, I, I don't yeah. travel that much anymore to other artists or exhibitions, which I did. Sometimes I think about, you know, so when I was still working with Iwa Pop in Barcelona, I was in Barcelona two, three times a year. Yeah. You know, hanging out with Boris and look at visiting shows and, you know, sort of taking artists over there or the whole, you know, sort of in New York, being in New York so often and being in Miami. The good thing is you, you start to build a network. For example, I'm going to I'm gonna have one of these next English episodes with uh, with Catherine, Mike, Catherine Mikesell. She's from Miami and she's she and her husband, they're collectors, but they're also like patrons of the art. They have a residency program, which has been running since I met her in 2006 in Miami, I think. And and is now basically the main center of, of her work, which whatever, which, and, and it's like, it's a big residency. Well, not a big residency, but it's a, it's a very important residency and seeing how, how this, how this can work. And, uh, and so the, the network will be, and we're still, you know, we're still in contact, you know, sort of. And, and so, so it's good. It's going to be just nice to, to touch base, but I'm not, now we do this over the podcast, you know, like the same, like we're now on a split screen seeing each other, but um, being, you know, sort of thousands of miles apart uh, and time zones apart. Um, but I think traveling is super important uh, for the arts and for artists to actually get all these stories firsthand and then being able to tell them, you know, so. But Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like in the arts... You- if you're fortunate enough, you definitely want to travel. That was a, one of the most enriching, positive experiences in my life in terms of uh, understanding people, understanding cultures. You basically, you know, like you and I are good friends as a result of this, you mm-hmm. know, like sure. that we're allowed to do this now because of technology and everything. Like, you know, we were doing it just at the time when people really started doing it. And it's sort of, you know, I, it's like now we're all like world citizens. We're not really, not like you're German, I'm an American. That's not how it is. You know, we're like, we're like part of the same tribe. We relate. We're, you know, it's, and we have friends like this all over the world. So it's, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And to be able to share that is, is yeah. pretty cool too. So. So did you ever are you having plans on on sort of I don't know on uh, on other formats than than TV? I mean the 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 gallery or the Jonathan Vine project is still doing a few shows. Um, but is there yeah, anything yeah. that you plan on 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 doing to you know sort of beyond that right now? You know I'm working on a couple projects. I'm kind of right now I'm in a well, limbo isn't really the word. I've pulled back. I've simplified. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm selling secondary market work. 
I'm selling primary work. Um, you know, my operation is much smaller, so it's less expensive sure. to run. Um, and I'm exploring things, and I just kind of some projects I'm interested. In. I'm, I'm trying to, um, and, and I don't hopefully know, you know, putting my ideas out there, but I'm working on um, creating a Halloween decoration company where I work with artists okay. to design Halloween decorations. Wow, that's really good. And so that's something I'm working on. We'll see if it takes off. Yeah, uh, I'm also interested in um, some real estate development in regards to the use working in the arts and mm -hmm. real estate. Something I've been interested in for a long time, and uh, I've been working a lot with a guy named Christian Strike, who is like he, this. He's called a serial entrepreneur, but he's also a curator. He created that exhibition, Beautiful Losers, mm -hmm. back like I don't know. 2004 2005 he and i work yep. on little projects we've been dealing doing some uh e-commerce stuff together um try, he's working on like a startup where he's creating a new platform so just like a variety of different things i'm kind of all over the place still working in the arts but just looking at different ways you know new ways to move in it and, and you know like it's like I, I I consider myself a creative entrepreneur. I mean, most people think of me as a gallerist, which in fact is what I have been most of this time. But at the end of the day, you know, you are, as well, I would call, we're entrepreneurs. I would say artists are even entrepreneurs. Um, and so, you know, I'm just looking for new things, you know, mm -hmm. trying new things. Like this is the first time in my life where I haven't, my, not my first time in my life, I'm sorry. This is the first time in like 18 years where I haven't been on a schedule. Yeah. Because every six weeks I had an opening, yeah. and for eighteen years, yeah, yeah. so like I was, you know, so now I can kind of explore mm -hmm. other ideas. And I don't know where that's going to take me. I don't know. I mean, hey, you never know. I mean, it's just reopening the gallery, you know, and running a traditional sure. gallery. I highly doubt it, but you never know. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as I'm like burnt on it and kind of jaded on it because the the whole system changed, I, I still like it. I like lots of, you know, I'm still excited by it, but, you know, at the end of the day, if it's not like lucrative enough, it's not stable, financially stable enough, mm -hmm. I can't put my focus in it like that anymore. So, you know, these are some of the things that I'm working on, I'm thinking about, I'm not really sure where, where, where I end up, you know, I have like a pop-up show coming up with Dylan Egan, mm -hmm. I've got a couple online shows happening, you know, I'm just, I'm approaching this just as any creative was, let's see what opportunity comes out of it, like I have a lot more creative freedom. But you don't know what you're going to get from me. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, that's cool by me. I don't want to know. I'm just like, let's just kind of see what happens. And so you, it, there's a, the, the silver lining of not owning a gallery anymore is, or in a traditional sense, is that it's given me a lot more creative freedom. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things to, to, to figure out these days, I think. And, um, you know, if you, if you have, the time and you sort of like you don't have this 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 super tight schedule which you simply have when you run a gallery there's so much to do continuously all the time um then it can be pretty helpful to think about you know what where, where this is all, all gonna go i mean with me for example it's like i'm 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 not saying that i'm never going to do exhibitions again but i will will definitely for I'm mean, right now I'm focusing on on other things which I think are much more important for me but also you know like the podcast is an extension of what I did earlier as in with artists you know I mean if I have you know I'm if I talk to to with I, mean, I just had an interview last week with uh, with an artist that I was representing three four years ago and she's uh, we and I we split but not for bad reasons just because I thought you know so she has to make her own different experiences now we just met and she made different experiences and is you know so kind of reinventing herself and that was a super interesting talk and this is this is probably more helpful for her for her career and for her acceptance as an artist, um, having this talk with me, uh, then if we do uh, like a show where maybe 500 people come and 
maybe three people buy <laughs> but it's um it's it's a different different uh, perspective that you have to look on i had a talk with uh, with with uh, with harlan levy uh, recently who has established a gallery in brussels you uh, never wanted to do a gallery the first gallery he came in contact with was mine years ago and we became friends and he really appreciated what i was i was what i was doing and basically yeah, he also says that in that podcast i changed his perspective on how he looked at galleries because he never went into galleries because it was just posh places that he didn't think he'd fit in and you'd be even interested in and when he saw that it can be different that it can be rebellious that it can be rock and roll and more fun and you know not too serious all the time but still make uh, build careers for for young artists um you know sort of changed his mind and now he's actually doing a very very i mean He's, he's he's now he now has a big gallery which you never thought he'd have you know so being on on, on Brussels on Arco and all these things and doing the circus that he never thought he'd be doing you know um, and and when I spoke to him you know sort of he said he 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 changed a lot of things so that he can actually work one of the major parts for his work is is that he only works with artists that are part of the team that understand this as a team that that come um come to the fairs and help him set up the booth that come taking things down that come during the day that they support it's a support network the only way you can actually survive you know as a gallery and things like that yeah, so people I mean, are doing it different people are looking at the whole gallery uh, business right. different i personally think it's 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 um it's a great time that we started these conversations because even though we today we didn't it wasn't very much off the record today we didn't complain a lot we were not whining at all i think we were pretty positive yeah. today um <laughs> uh, i think it's interesting also to see like when this is like the seventh time we speak <clears throat> let's see ninth tenth time maybe you know what's what lies ahead maybe we you know during the course of time that we're talking now for uh for many more months um we actually accompany these 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 changes that are definitely needed you know well you know i was as you're saying all this like i guess um you know i, I think of you as you know, you're a visual artist you work as a visual artist mm -hmm. and but you know you're also a gallery so and i i get who you are i don't know mm -hmm. how other people perceive you yeah. um But my perception of people, the way people perceive me and probably the way also, well, not, comp you know, I, I identified as a gallerist, but, you know, if you know me and you follow me at all, you also know, like, I'm just kind of this wacky dude and compared to most gallerists and I play music and mm -hmm. whatever, and that I'm a creative and, you know, I went to art school. So, but I ended up being a gallerist and I don't necessarily want to be a visual artist. Mm-hmm. And I play music all the time, as you know. I'm playing actually in a second band now. Um, <laughs> and I, I started a dance punk band. That's another story. Okay. But, uh, you know, that's a creative outlet for me. But there was this whole thing that used to drive me crazy is like the artists would have their show. They do really well, whatever. And they're like, I'm going to take three months off. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just, you know, they're always like, yeah, I'm going to explore this. I'm going to explore that, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Good for you, motherfucker. I wish I could do that. Like, do you realize that I can't do that? Do you realize that I have to do this 18-year fucking grind? Sure. There's no, like, I get time to explore and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, taking off and I'm exploring, finding out I need to grow creatively. I need to change creatively yeah. if I want to be happy. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and, and do it on my own terms. I don't want to be stuck in the – I don't want to be stuck in a box of – this gallerist, this is you, who you are. And I felt really trapped in a lot of ways mm -hmm. because, I mean, I, I was really fortunate though. I had a great staff and I had a lot of freedom in this, that, and the other thing. And it was, it was an amazing experience, but I also would just burn out on it. Mm -hmm. And um, I was not, I didn't feel particularly, I was starting, I was not feeling as fulfilled as I wanted to. It had become too much about commerce. It And it was not about me, which mm -hmm. it wasn't supposed to be about me, but it wasn't enough about myself, you know, like, well, why am I doing this? Especially if like people aren't really appreciating it enough and I'm making all these sacrifices and taking all these risks for, you know, artists that, you know, they're just kind of like, they come and do their show and then they're gone and like, they're nice. You like them, but they don't really fully understand what it is you're sacrificing yeah. and you know, the risk you're taking and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I can bitch and moan about that all day. 
but you know, I still said to kind of sit back and go like, well, you know, I did that and I did that for myself too to an extent, but now like, what do I do? Like, maybe I, I want to try something else, you know, and I'm not old, but I'm not young. So, you know, I'm 50. What are you, 51? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you get, your life has changed. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you, I ran, I ran around, I did that. I had fun. I had great experiences. I like, you know, fed my ego, you know, mm-hmm. I partied a lot. It was exciting. It was great, but I don't need to do that anymore. And I just, you know, I'm trying to find out where I go next because at the end of the day, I think the same with you and the same with most visual artists is that you have to live, you know, they, people say this all the time and they're so inauthentic when they say it, but you have to live your life authentically. You know, everyone's like, my mo- I'm living my most authentic life, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. Yeah. What a load of shit. Because everyone's just saying that now and it's just like. That, that's definitely now you could put that on there but that's like definitely off the record let's get let's get a little whiny i see that all the time like give me a break i mean like i have to live authentically where i have to live you know in the way that's going to make me happy mm-hmm. and there's a lot of sacrifice that goes with that. i just can't go out and get a job mm-hmm. and i can't just continue doing something because it's making money or not whatever you know it's yeah. like i have to believe and love my life just like you do mm-hmm. And I, I know you're like that. You're just like me that way. And like you're doing it on your own terms. And, yeah. you know, but you know, sometimes th- you got to make a change. One, one thing why, I mean, of course, I, 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 I've, I've been neglecting my own personal art um, for many years, uh, putting uh, everything in front of that um, uh, with the gallery and all these things. It's fine. I changed that. But I'm still juggling so many balls and I'm still having Helium Cowboy and I'm still doing the occasional show and I still feel responsible for, for some artists. Um, and I'm still, you know, making money with selling artwork, of course. But when, when, one of the reasons of course you know i need to do this book i need to focus on my work i need to get i need to get my 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 work out more also i mean i'm a, i'm a, i'm a successful artist in that respect that i can live off my artwork that i'm selling and i have great collectors and and supporters but still there's you know sort of i'm I still work too hard and work too much and certain things, you know, sort of they, 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 they come, they just come short, you know, um, uh, and, uh, and, uh, I also don't want to just work as a visual artist alone. That would not be enough for me. You know, I like, I don't, I don't have, you know, like with Jens, for example, taking Jens again as an example or other artists, we both know so many artists who are painting constantly. They're always work, creating new work and it's great, but that's not for me. I don't want, I don't have to get up every morning and make a new artwork. I want to make work when I want to make the work. You know, when there's a need, a personal need, when I have the drive, when I'm, when I feel so inspired. Can, so can I interject? Yeah. Can I interject? You're completely living your life the way you want to on your own terms. You know, you could sit and complain and say things came up short. No. But you know how many p- people would love to be living your life? You always look like you're mm-hmm. having fun. And if, in fact, <laughs> I think you are having fun. Yeah. Not to say life is not, you got to have challenges. That, that's all fine, but that's not even what I, what I wanted to say. And yes, I, uh. I, uh, I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to be willing to work very hard though, you know? So, but yes, I'm living, I'm living the life that I want to live and I don't I make less and less compromises. The, the, I've always been good at not making compromises, but I'm making less and less compromises the older I get. But one thing I actually wanted to say <laughs> was that one of the reasons why I'm not really interested in doing exhibitions anymore is because I grew tired of doing exhibitions. I'm at the opening. And it's a nice show and we did all these things and I'm at the opening and it's nice and we, you know, sort of you talk to people and you sell some work. But that's the moment when I feel really tired. I've done so many exhibitions and I think something is missing that really gives me a kick to do that again. It has to be a really, really great exhibition. But that is, if you do those things, I mean, super exciting shows, you need money, you need time, you need, you know, but... But if I make regular exhibitions, I'm happy that it all works out nicely. And it, but it's, it's I'm standing there sometimes. I think I'm I'm tired of this. I mean, after if you've been doing it long enough, I've been doing it for twenty. That was off years. the record, by the way. Was it off <laughs> no, the record? No. You, you can, no, you know, if you've been doing it for yeah. Off the, you can, no, I think it's okay to say yeah, that yeah, you've been doing of it. Course. You know, I'm doing this twenty five years, and you know, at some point, it's a grind, and you need a break. Like yeah. anyone needs a break from anything. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be creative. It's supposed to be new and different. And, and sure. but when you're doing the same thing over and over again, and you're just like, it's like a machine. It gets tiring, and 
you know, I was excited about it. I had a great run, you know, and I, even when I was, I was starting to get tired of it a while ago before like the market started to bottom out. But, but you know, it's what I did. And I was committed to these artists and they were dependent on me and I had staff dependent on me, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I should have got out sooner, but you know, it's what I did. It's the life I led. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's just time to make a change, you know? And I think anybody, artists may not want to hear this, but I think anybody in that position is going to get tired of the grind. Anything that's continuously the same, you know, that's, and, and unfortunately you have rent, you have to continually make program. If you didn't have to make programming all the time, you work with artists when you wanted to, and it was exciting for you and you enjoyed it. And that's what we're both trying to do at this mm -hmm. point, not have to do it every six weeks yeah. for 18 years straight, you know, like that's just like mind them. It's crazy to be like, Oh, I don't have to worry about like my weekend. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to work on the weekend anymore. If I don't want to, I don't have to worry about is Do I have an opening and do I have a dinner before that? And all that crap every six weeks. At one point I was running two spaces. I had three fucking shows yep. every six weeks. It was crazy. And it was exhausting and I had, it was, I was getting the life sucked out. I mean, I couldn't really, it was too much and I couldn't really have my heart in it, you know, because mm -hmm. I was, when something gets too big like that, sometimes, you know, it becomes too much about running and managing a business, managing employees, you know, it's, a, you start to lose your, you lose yourself. It yeah. can't happen. You know, it's, these are the compromises. Um, so it's understandable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hope Better that. to do things when you're excited about them than, oh. and if you're in a situation where you can do that, you can work on projects when you want to work on projects because you're making enough money and you're doing it on your ter own terms. That's the, that's the dream for yeah. me at this point. Yeah. I could babble on about this forever. But. Well, it's, um, it's a good point, a uh, good finishing point for this, this episode too, I think. Unless there's something else you want to... Yeah, I just think, you know, it's kind of cool that we talked about this evolved into like, hey, you know, we can do... Everyone can do something else. Yeah. Sometimes you need to take a break. You need to try new things. You need mm -hmm. to make radical change. Yeah. You as a creative individual, like, you know, we've all known people who are painters and not painters anymore. They weren't painters and they became painters or people who change life and jobs. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Um, Sometimes things stop working. Sometimes just trying to make a change. Sometimes things will be better than you even imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's part of being a creative individual. So. Yeah. That's what I have to absolutely. say about that. Yeah. Okay. Jonathan. Um, looking forward to number eight. <laughs> so a, this yeah. was number seven. Number seven. Yeah. Seven time. Right. We started in keep... last year in December. What was the first one? November, December. So. Mm. it's a good rhythm you have yeah yeah so let's keep it up and let's get your tv show out of the doors yeah please anybody yeah out there yeah. big network yes. small network and i mean who could actually not like you as the host seriously <laughs> <laughs> well of yeah. course i feel the way about myself but you know <laughs> yeah what are you, what are they looking at i mean there's not many people that have that experience and have that humor and are capable able to speak freely in front of a camera and do not mind to jump off a pier onto a paddleboard and fall into the water that's right you know? i mean yeah when i was 220 pounds <laughs> five foot four my big belly and my man boobs yeah You got to be able to make fun of yourself. Of course. You know, so. of course. All right. But, uh, all right. Well, you know what I have to say now? I know. Choose. <laughs> By the way, should we tell people what that, why I say that? People, Germans know that. English don't, English speaking people don't know that. Okay. No, you, no, no. We think on. about Elabor it. Elaborate. Well, when I would go to, when I went to Germany, I've been to Germany like 10 times at this point in my life. When people would say goodbye, they'd go, choose. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. that's a German word. It's a German or thing. It's just a, yeah. Choose. Choose. So mm -hmm. that's why I say it into this seventh episode, explain people. Choose. Choose.
Liebe Banner. That was a song from the debut album of Jonathan's band Cyclone Static. That is true. Wow. That is some good research. Hey, I'm 